My Seven Chakras, episode 104. Out beyond the ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, my Action Tribe? AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras. And I want to thank you for pressing the play button on the show and trusting me with your precious time. We are on episode number 104, Action Takers. And if you ask me, it feels phenomenal. Not only because I actually followed through and crossed 100, but also because of the impact that this work has had on so many listeners. I just love sharing and chatting with our Action Tribe members on our official Facebook group. I love the emails that I get about the show and how it's changed people's lives. And I also love interacting with folks on social media, on Instagram and Twitter. But if you ask me, has this journey been an easy one? I would say no way. To be honest with you, there have been moments, especially days when I have back-to-back interviews when I would wake up and say, gosh, I just wish I could sleep in. There are moments when I want to take a break, relax, and just give up. And during these moments, I ask myself, why am I doing all of this? What is my why? What is my purpose? And all of a sudden, I regain that clarity. I regain my motivation, and I feel even more determined, and I jump back on track. Action takers, I'm sure you are also trying to get somewhere. Maybe you're trying to get healthier, lose weight, enhance your communication skills, maybe you want to launch a business or get a new job. There might be moments when you just don't have the energy and you feel down. During these moments, ask yourself, what is my why? What is that one thing that drives you to take action? Is it your family, your kids, your parents, your employees, whatever it might be, your why will keep you going. Now, in order to keep you inspired, motivated, and strong, I have handpicked 27 of the most inspiring quotes shared on the show, and I've created a document that you can refer to whenever you want. To download this gift, all you need to do is visit my 7 slash 27 download. Once again, that's my 7 slash 27 download. So enter your email address, download your gift, and get inspired. And with that, we've arrived at the moment that you have all been waiting for. I am super excited to bring you our featured guest for today, Kara Bradley. So Kara, are you ready to inspire? I am, AJ. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So Kara Bradley is the author of On The Word. She is a passionate teacher of yoga, meditation, and fitness, who has been in the trenches of personal transformation as a mental strength coach for over three decades at her Verge Yoga Center, retreats, corporate training sessions, and with sports teams at Villanova University and Penn State. She lives in Wayne, Pennsylvania. So Kara, I've given our listeners a mini intro, but I'm sure that our listeners would like to know a bit more about you. So take about a minute to share. Well, I've been a teacher my whole life, but I've also been a student my whole life. And what I have been a student of is living fully. I'm passionate about showing up for my life. 
and feeling alive and awake in everything that I do and in every moment. And I've dedicated my life to helping others do so as well. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> so living fully, that's what we really look forward to learning from you about how to really live fully, not just live, but live fully. And I'm sure you agree that words are powerful. Words can start wars and they can end wars. They can also begin new relationships when people say, I do. And they can end relationships when an employee says, I quit. Mm -hmm. And that's why we start every episode with some words of inspiration in the form of some carefully chosen words that is an inspirational quote. So are you ready? I am. Awesome. So what is your favorite inspirational quote? And also tell us how you apply this quote to your life. Sure. Well, I have so many and I can't wait to get a hold of your 27 quotes that you were talking about. And for many of us, different quotes apply at different times. But one of my go-to quotes is by Rumi. And he wrote, out beyond the ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. And it inspires me because I recognize, as many of us do, that when we can get beyond our judgments, comparisons, doubts, and fears, we do meet each other in this field where we sense immediately our connectiveness, our oneness, our energetic communication. Everything that we are all seeking is always available to us when we just get beyond the ideas of wrong wrongdoing and rightdoing. So it speaks to me constantly, that quote. Mm-hmm. I think that's powerful. Beyond our judgments and beyond our fears, there's definitely a field and I will meet you there. So thanks a lot for sharing this quote. I'll have this in the show notes as well. So what really inspired you to write your book on the verge? Well, I've been teaching movement disciplines my entire life. Since I was 15 years old, I started to teach. And I've noticed something over the years and years of teaching people is that we really beat ourselves up pretty, pretty good mm-hmm. um, on a yoga mat or, or in the other disciplines that I've been teaching. The common thread for so many of us is that we feel like we've got to get to some place in order to get it right or to mm-hmm. be advanced. All this stuff, we're constantly searching. And what I've recognized in my own self on my own journey and also in teaching others is that when we can let go of all the striving and the seeking, the forcing and the fixing, and when we can just show up right here, right now in this moment, we are everything we've been looking for. And so I've I've been inspired to share this with as many people as will pick up the book that we are already everything that we're seeking for. We are already clear and awake, confident and open. And it's really a matter of settling, stabilizing, and then shifting beyond the patterns of mind and emotions that hold us back from shining. Wonderful. So you mentioned that you've been teaching movement disciplines your entire life. At some point, you notice that we beat ourselves up all the time. That's so true. We all have goals, plans of action, and we're constantly searching or trying to fix a problem or trying to solve a problem. But as you say, we are already what we are seeking for. So it's all about uh, maybe taking a moment to look at the magnificence within us and embrace ourselves. 
Is that correct? Yes, yes, that's beautifully said. I believe that mm-hmm. if we we instead of always looking at what's wrong with us, if we could start to actually recognize the moments that are right, the moments in between thoughts, the moments in between wrongdoing and right doing, when we can actually show up on that field or the way I put it is on the verge, we recognize our brilliance, our magnificence as you said. And so it's a matter of really starting to recognize more often and starting to trust that. That is what is true. Wonderful. Now, before moving on, what exactly do you mean by the verge? Mm-hmm. Is that a feeling? Is that a, is that a state? What exactly is it? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. Uh, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit because the word came about from an experience my husband had when he spent some time in the Ecuadorian Amazon And when he was Mm -hmm. down there living with an indigenous community, they spent much of their time hanging out on these these little plots of land where two ecosystems would meet. So if you can picture two river systems that come together, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of energy. And right there on that plot of land, there's been proof, scientific proof, that nature and wildlife thrive. Uh, species are at their most diverse. There's this area where ecosystems meet, where life thrives. And so when I heard that about 20 years ago, I wanted to know if there was, and this place is called the Verge. That's what it's called. And so I started to look for the Verges in my life. Is it a place? Just like you asked, is it a place? Is it a feeling? Where is that one spot in my life where I thrive. And so this is how I came about this idea of showing up on the verge. And really what the verge is and the way I use it is this moment. This moment is the verge. This and now this and now this moment. And when we show up on the verge in the moment, we thrive. Life thrives. Wonderful. So you spoke about the indigenous communities and that they would spend a lot of time on that plot of land, the intersection between two powerful rivers. And when you said that, I could imagine uh, that dense, wild forest, insects, animals of all kinds and all species, and a really cool environment, uh, energetically, and also in terms of uh, that state of peace and that state of oneness with with nature where as you mentioned two ecosystems meet and you really asked our listeners to ask themselves this question where is that one spot where i thrive i think that's powerful now for someone who's trying to get a better idea of how it feels to be like on the verge could you give us an example of a moment when we're really on the verge during the day yes okay Yes, that's a great question. And that's really what I Mm. write about. It's about starting to notice moments when you are on the verge, when you are present, and they're happening more than we think they are, right? So this is important. They're happening more than we think. Because we're so often caught up in our busy mind, we don't recognize those moments of aliveness that are already happening to us. So for instance, this is what I point out to students all the time. Start to notice the moments when you feel bright, awake, alert, when time seems to stand still for a moment. Mm -hmm. So it could be as simple as driving home from work and you stop at a red light 
and you look up and there's a brilliant sunset. And for a moment, you just pause. If we can start to recognize that is a moment of our life, a very important moment of our life because we're present for it. And you start to sense your aliveness in that moment. Or it could be a moment when you're hugging your child or you glance and meet somebody's gaze, a stranger's gaze, and you hold that gaze for a moment. There are these beautiful moments all day long when we feel connected, bright, open, awake, alert for whatever reason. And there's so many. But when we can start to recognize these moments as being part of our lives, we'll start to recognize them more and more. They're happening more than we think we are, that they are. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the challenge now. Based on your experience, what are some factors or things that usually keep a person from getting to feel that moment or getting to feel that verge? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, AJ. And it's it's really pretty simple and it's so common for all of us. We are just stuck, stuck as a society, entrenched, imprisoned in our thoughts, in our negative emotions. We are stuck in this cycle of thinking and doing and thinking and doing and thinking and doing so much so that it's just become a habit, a cultural habit. And it's until we go on vacation, right? Or we go to the beach (laughs) or we go to the top of the mountain or we're in the woods that it kind of snaps us out of like, wait, where have I been? So what I'm suggesting is it is a challenge to snap out, but it is so possible. And and the, the sages have been talking about it for thousands of years, that when we can pause and recognize this breath, this moment, this sip of coffee, this hug, this rose, whatever it be, when we can slow ourselves down to start to recognize what we're experiencing We'll get better at doing that. We can get better at being alive and feeling and experiencing life when we just start to focus our our energy in that direction. So there you go, action takers. It's true. We tend to get stuck in the routine of thinking and doing, thinking and doing in this zombie-like state. And that really stops when we take a vacation, when we go to a wonderful island, maybe a beach or maybe the mountains. But... The question is, can we really take a vacation all the time? We probably can't unless we are this really successful entrepreneur or, you know, we've been endowed with a lot of money from our past generations. But the magic, as Kara mentioned, is to stop and embrace the magic of everyday life. I don't remember who this person was, but somebody says that along your journey of life, you got to stop and smell the flowers. Mm. And it seems like you're suggesting something similar. Yeah, what I'm what I'm suggesting and and one of my other favorite quotes if I can kind of just squeeze that one in is yeah. uh a quote by a Buddhist meditation teacher Pema Chodron. And she says that we keep missing the moment that we're in. Mm-hmm. It's like flash. We keep missing our lives. And I remember first reading that a decade or two ago. And I thought to myself, I don't want to miss any more moments. I don't want to miss my life. Mm -hmm. I want to show up for my life. And so how can I learn to not miss moments? 
And this is really when I start started to dedicate myself to meditation practices and mindfulness practices to help me learn to show up for my life more often than not mm-hmm. so that I'm not driving home from work and not remembering how I got home or getting <laughs> halfway through my dinner and not realizing that I just ate half my dinner and I don't remember it. Right. You know, this is what happens to us over and over again. And so what I'm suggesting is we can actually shift the way that we experience life and not miss our lives. How about that? Mm-hmm. No, that sounds like a wonderful a way of living life. And many of our listeners are trying to make a change in their lives. They're trying to learn new skills, achieve new goals, or generally become more productive. But one of the key challenges that people face is the internal mental chatter or the busy mind that keeps them from creating. So what advice do you have for someone who's facing this type of challenge? Well, firstly, I think we all have to just admit that we have a busy mind and that it's not completely our fault either. We've been conditioned by our life experiences, by our culture, by just the patterns of the last few hundred years to to live in this busy state. And so once we can recognize, okay, I have a busy mind, and then the second important thing is to recognize you're not going to stop your mind from thinking. This was really, really big for me when I finally understood this. My mind is like a sense, like smelling, tasting, hearing, seeing, feeling. My my mind will continue to produce thoughts. It just is what our brains do. It's mm-hmm. neurologically, they're impulses. They're just going to continue to happen. So when we can recognize that, then that whole kind of a challenge or, or issue of trying to stop thoughts, that goes away, right? We're not going to stop our thoughts. But what we can do is we can change our relationship to thoughts. We can change the way that we receive thoughts. In other words, if you have to go to the post office tomorrow and you find yourself thinking, I have to go to the post office, I have to go to the post office. If you start repeating that over and over and over and over again, you can recognize, wow, you know, I repeat this all the time. I repeat myself all the time. When you start to recognize you're repeating yourself, you don't have to pay attention anymore. You can let that habit come and go. And eventually we change. It fizzles out. When we stop giving importance to thoughts, they start to weaken and eventually those types of thoughts will stop to stop occurring so much. Does that make sense? It does. It does. In fact, Action Tribe, don't immediately get to solution mode. We have a busy mind. So those thoughts will continue. Don't try to stop them. But as Kara mentioned, we can change the way we relate to those thoughts We can recognize those thoughts, deal with them, and then let them go. Just like a stream. Your thoughts are on the stream. They come in front of you. You look at them. You respect them. You give them the attention they deserve. And once they do, they'll just float away. So that's a wonderful way of thinking, the post office analogy. Uh, And by now, I'm sure that many of our listeners have this one question on their mind. How can I have these beautiful glimpses more often? How can I be on the verge 
more often is there a powerful strategy or a technique that you'd like to teach our listeners mm. yes well there there's just a, such a simple way to do this and right. it is based on mindfulness practices and so mindfulness as many of us know and we've all heard the word by now is really a way of paying attention on purpose over and over in this moment just showing up noticing noticing so i use the word noticing when we could start to notice where we are over and over again we start to get really good at noticing mm-hmm. so i call myself a mental strength coach and it's just kind of a cute little term i use because i teach athletes and in, so instead of calling myself the yoga teacher or the meditation teacher they know me as the mental strength coach and what i what i teach these athletes and what i teach many people is that we have the capacity to train our mind just like we train our physical muscles right so if you think about you go to the gym and you want to get those you know nice bicep to find bicep muscles right and you pick up the weight and you do your repetitions well we all know you can't go to the gym once and do 10 repetitions you've got to go over and over and you got to continue to do your repetitions sometimes you even need to pick up more weight or do more repetitions so the principles are the same when it comes to your mind when you notice where you are that's all you need to do up oh, where am i i'm thinking about the post office i'm thinking about yesterday i'm thinking about the conversation i need to have with my coworker or i'm off in fantasy when you notice where you are that is the bicep curl that is a repetition right so it's not just being quiet right so many people think i have to still my mind i have to be blissed out all the time uh, this is what you know i'm never that way if you can start to recognize that all i need to do is notice where i am over and over and over a thousand times i will get better at noticing and what happens when you notice this is the great great news when you notice when you're not present you become immediately present when you notice that you're distracted you're immediately right here on the verge so we just start to notice and that's one of the the key ways to start to be able to start recognizing those moments of aliveness just keep noticing where you are so i think it was zig ziglar who said something along the lines of motivation and exercise is like taking a bath you got to do it often just like taking a bath <laughs> and from what you said it seems like repetition is so important a lot of people try something once and then they tend to give up but as you mentioned after some practice after some discipline you'll get to a point where you'll notice that you're not present but after that immediately you'll become present once again you'll get to that verge once again now kara you are a former pro skater a mental strength coach and you also run a yoga and meditation center so i know that you're all about becoming and staying healthy is there a health tip that you'd like to share with our listeners yes and that it's very simple whatever it is that you feel that you need to do whether it be to get more sleep or drink more water or get more exercise whatever it is that you feel like you need to do My advice is to start small, stay steady and build from there. Too often we take on a new regime like, you know, with 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 pom-poms like cheerleaders <laughs> and only to very quickly put down those pom-poms and walk away. 
if we could just allow ourselves the ability to take on a new skill or a new discipline slowly, I have found in working with a lot of people and also with myself, when I can start slowly and small, but stay steady, that's key. The consistency is more important than anything. So for instance, when I opened my yoga studio 12 years ago, the norm in the industry then was 90-minute classes. Mm-hmm. And I had two little kids. I was a busy entrepreneur, yoga teacher, mom. And I said, you know what? We're going to offer some one-hour classes. And I remember some of my friends that were yoga teachers and owned studios, they said, are you crazy? It, you, you need 90 minutes. It's not really a proper practice unless it's 90 minutes. And I said, well, you know what? I'd rather have people come three days a week for an hour than one day a month for 90 minutes because 90 minutes was is a lot of time. So I've learned over the years, even with teaching meditation, when you can start small but stay steady, you're much more likely to stick with it and build and extend and expand your practice. So start small, stay steady and build from there. We'll have this powerful tip in the show notes and action drive to access the show notes for this episode. Visit my7chakras.com forward slash 104. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 104. Bad times have a scientific value. These are occasions a good learner would not miss. This is a powerful quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Action takers, I know it's never easy to face, tackle and overcome a challenge. But when you look at a challenge, the way a scientist conducts an experiment, you realize that there is no failure, only learning moments. And as you know, the more learning moments and challenges you have, the closer you get to a breakthrough. Again, I know it's not easy, but if you had to try a different approach, as Mr. Emerson once said, become a student of life. Don't miss on such opportunities to learn something new and get closer and closer to your victory. And speaking about challenges, Kara, take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge. How did you look at the situation initially? And then how did you overcome it? Hmm. Well, I know that any entrepreneur can... And relate to this that having employees and customers in a new business is a challenge every single day. True. And so when I first started my business, and this my yoga center wasn't the first business. My first business I started when I was 19. So I've had many, many businesses, but this was my first business where I had uh, a number of employees, and now we're up to about 50. So There's a lot of people, personalities to deal with. And when I first started my business, I think it was a very big challenge for me to open up this business that was a yoga center, right? So it's all about well-being. It's all about consciousness. Uh, It's all about being one. But yet I had to still run a business. I had to pay a lot in rent. Um, so for me, it was, I was felt like I was always walking on a balance beam, trying to stay awake and conscious in how I ran the business, but yet also recognizing that things needed to get done and bills needed to get paid and certain people would work out, certain people didn't work out and I couldn't please every customer. So there was a lot to juggle at the time. Luckily, I had practices, especially my meditation practice. I think um, for Anything that I have had to deal with 
in my life. And, you know, we all are faced with many challenges. Sitting down to my meditation practice where I can get quieter and more still and feel myself in a sense of space where I can get a clearer on issues has always helped me. I find that when I'm able to settle my mind and calm my nervous system through meditation, especially, I always know the answer. The answer is just right there, right in front of me to see. So I hope that answers the question. It does. It, it, it wonderfully does. Uh, and in fact, looking back now, in just one sentence, what is it one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners? I think it is to, before you speak, is to pause to pause before you speak or to send that email. Um, for me, it's the pause is standing or shifting onto the verge into the moment. And in the moment, we always know when we're clear and calm, we always know what we need to do. I know that was more than one sentence. <laughs> no, that's, that's wonderful. I was just taking a pause to remain calm before <laughs> I responded. <laughs> so you mentioned that when you first started your business, a yoga center, you face the dilemma of how do I ensure that I run a conscious business, but at the same time, take care of day-to-day -day operations. And that's something I think a lot of our listeners might face or are currently facing as well, because definitely it's a, it's a, it's a, a thin line that you got to walk, uh, but you had the key. Uh, the key to you, the solution was getting back to the basics and meditating and just being mindful. Uh, and you had your solutions come. Uh, and now you've You've done that, you've been there, and, and I'm sure that a lot of people seek inspiration from you in terms of starting a holistic business, starting a yoga center, uh, and really inspiring people around you. So thanks a lot for sharing your story. And listeners, this show is all about building your awareness about what is out there to learn and to increase your knowledge about the possibilities. And while it's important to take massive action towards your goals and dreams, sometimes it's important to stay in stillness and to listen to the gentle swoosh of the leaves or the chirping of the birds or the trickling of the water down a stream. Because as John Lennon once said, life is what happens when you are busy making other plans. So, Kara, have you found your life's calling? And if yes, what is your life's calling? Mm, yes, it's a wonderful question and a great question to sit with. Thank you for asking it. I do feel like I have found what I am most passionate about. And I feel very blessed to be able to support other people in, in finding their passions as well. So what my passion is, as I said earlier, is to not miss my life by living in my busy mind, but to show up fully and directly experience my life in a way that I feel awake and alive. And that doesn't mean that my life is always going to have be all bows and ribbons. I recognize that. But my passion is in showing up no matter what. And so I've dedicated my life to helping others do the same, to build practices into their lives and to recognize how it feels. What is it like to show up and be fully alive in this precious life we have? And so that's what I do through different mediums. And so I'm always mm -hmm. exploring different mediums, whether it be writing or yoga or podcasting or teaching uh, corporations. You know, I feel like I feel very fortunate that I can teach this in so many different ways. 
Wonderful. One thing I noted was that you not only teach people or coach people or write a book, but you're embodying all these skills, all these principles, all these value sets in your life every single day. And you're not afraid to make mistakes or grow at the same time. So looking back now, was there ever a special moment beyond which you were pretty sure that your life was about to change? Take us to that very moment. Oh, yes. So I was 19 years old. I was a college track runner and I was transferring colleges as a sophomore. And so this was going to be my last college track race. I was an average runner, middle of the pack. I ran mid distance. Mm -hmm. And so before this last race, I went off on my own, which was something I'd never done before. And I started to talk to myself as a 19 year old and said, you know, why don't you beat your personal record? Why don't you just do it? This is your last race. And so during this jog, if you can picture it, I was running very slowly and I started to repeat to myself, personal best, personal best. By the time I walked up to the starting line, I was clear and calm in a way I had never been before. I remember it vividly. The gun went off. I took off for my two laps. The first lap, I don't remember much. The second lap, I remember having one thought. And that was when I passed our very best runner. And I thought to myself, she must be having a really bad day because I was passing her. Well, I crossed the finish line in third place. My teammates jumped on me. I had no idea until I looked up at the clock and I had shaved six seconds off my personal record, which is unheard of in the 800. Well, immediately I thought I did it. This is wonderful. But within that same breath, it came to me that I had always had this strength. And I thought to myself, are you kidding? You always had this confidence and this clarity and this strength in you. What happened during this race that you were able to tap into this potential? What happened? How do I do it? How did I get there? And how do I do it again in every area of my life? And so I knew in that moment, my life would never be the same. I knew that I had tapped into a sense, a state of potential that had always been there. And I knew that I would forever be wanting to, or hopefully, which I have arrived at, the place where I can access that over and over again. I think that's a beautiful and a powerful story. And I'm sure many, if not all of our listeners listening to this episode right now are feeling charged up, feeling motivated, feeling inspired, and sort of have that vision in front of them, their finish line Whatever it is, it might not be athletics, it might be a business, your relationships, whatever it is, I'm sure they have their strength once again to finish the race. And this brings us to my favorite round, the wisdom round. And by the way, this is a rapid fire round that contains just four questions. Are you ready? Yes. Great. So what is the best advice that you have ever received? There's going to be a problem every day. So when it arrives, just greet it. And that way you don't get too wrapped up. Great. Name a personal habit that keeps you strong. My meditation practice, without a doubt. 
Awesome. So what's your morning ritual like? What do you do during the first two hours of your day? I wake up very early. I put a pot of coffee on and I usually journal for about 15 to 20 minutes. I read a book that's um, often a spiritual book, inspiring book. And then I sit down, I usually meditate about 20 minutes to a half an hour. And so from that point, I feel ready. I feel balanced, clear, and ready for my day. And it's either starts with some physical exercise or I go off to teach a class. Wonderful. So what's the most powerful book that you've ever read and that you'd like to recommend for our listeners? Gosh, that's so hard because there's so many. I think one of (laughs) the most life-changing books for me was called Total Freedom by by Krishnamurti. Got it. So we'll add all of this in the show notes. And Action Tribe, to access today's show notes, visit my7chakras.com slash 104. That's my7chakras.com slash 104. Sakara, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you. Yes, thank you. I'm just grateful for my ability to wake up. I am grateful that it happened in this lifetime and that I'm able to share it with others and help others wake up as well. And uh, I can be found at my website, www.carabradley, and that's Kara with the C, carabradley.net, not com, net. And I also have an app, a free app called On the Verge, which is the name of my book. And I have practices on the app, both guided meditation practices and some video yoga practices. So there you go, Action Tribe. As you've heard in this episode, skills, techniques, strategies are awesome. But unless you have that state within you, you'll not accomplish a lot. Once you have that state within you, you can use it in many different aspects of your life. But once you have that state, you can learn those skills, you can get those strategies, you can ask those questions that can ultimately lead to that transformation. That state of being, feeling on the words is something that you really need, require, and deserve. And I'm holding the book right now in front of me, On the Words, one of the most beautifully designed books I've seen. I love the explosion of the colors. <laughs> I do too. That's there on this book. Yeah, because as you know, uh, I'm the founder of My 7 Chakras. Yes. We love colors here. Yes. And it's, 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 I love this. Uh, and I always look forward to learning more about how I can be on the word. So listeners, if you want to learn more, C-A-R-A-B-R-A-D-L-E-Y dot net. We'll have the link in the show notes as well. So jump on there, learn more, download the app and take action to changing the way you look at things, changing your energy, changing your time, changing your relationships and making that transformation, that human revolution that we speak about in every show. And before we end today's episode, make sure you also download your gift for listening to today's episode 27 of the most powerful quote shared on air, a document that you can have handy whenever you need that dose of motivation or inspiration. To download your gift, visit my7chakras.com slash 27download. That's my7chakras.com slash 27 download. So Kara, thank you so much for coming on our show today, teaching us how to get on the verge and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you, AJ. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to my S-E-V-E-N chakras.com 
Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today. 